0: Hi, and welcome to episode five of the Brain Jar Podcast. I'm Blake Hawkins, and I'm so glad you decided to tune in today. At the time this episode comes out, my birthday will have passed, and I will be officially 18. Uh, You guys probably don't really care about any of that, but maybe some of you do. And for those of you that do, I appreciate it. (laughs) Today's topic is a very intriguing one, and I was really excited to write about this, uh, to write this script, and uh, in order to provide a at least what I think is a pretty good defense for 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 the Christian side of this argument. Uh, I recently watched a video on YouTube done by a, a atheist. I'm not going to mention the uh, mention the the, the the channel or anything like that, but about how this argument has so many fallacies, about how this argument doesn't really hold up, hold its own weight, or anything like that. But from my perspective they are missing the entire point of what this argument is all about now you're probably thinking to yourself blake what is this argument is this argument about creationism is this, is this argument about morality is this argument about about uh, family life is it about marriage is it about Blake? what is it about well this argument is called the teleological argument now that's a very 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 long word but I will shorten it down to what many people just sort of call it, and that is what's known as the fine design argument. And the teleological argument, or the fine design argument, is an argument for the creation of the universe and how the world around us is so fine-tuned to support life. The complexity of the universe is so vast and dense that there is no way it can all just be a coincidence the tilt of the earth the distance from earth to the sun the complexity of dna the arrangement of molecules on our atmosphere the list could infinitely go on about the how, about how specific certain um, characteristics are in our in in our world in our universe to support the very thing we know on this planet these various and extremely specific calculations and the universe are all in place in order to support life and not just human life, but life for anything, you know, life for anything such as cells, life for anything as, as animals, as trees, as plants, as humans, life for literally anything to exist. These, these qualifications, these characteristics, these specifications have to be met or else nothing will be able to support itself. Uh, the argument that is commonly used against this, and that is uh, as of recent years, it has started to pick up. The argument against this is called the puddle argument, and it was first coined by a man named Douglas Adams. The argument essentially says that one day a puddle wakes up in a hole and believes that since he is in the most uh, he is in the most perfect hole that seems to be made for him. That seems to fit him perfectly, and he's molded to this hole, essentially, that the world was made for him and to support him. When the sun rises and starts to make the puddle smaller and smaller, the puddle thinks it's all all right because the universe was made for it and it was built for him. When the sun completely dries the puddle up, the puddle is confused and surprised about why this happened because, you know, all of the universe is... Is created for us. The universe is fine-tuned for us, fine-tuned for my for my existence, fine-tuned because I fit into this hole in the ground that I am able to envelop everything in this hole and perfectly able to form myself to this. See, why am I why is the world ending? Why did all this happen? Because this shouldn't happen if the world is fine-tuned for us. See, theistic humans, according to this argument, believe that the world was created and built for them. And when things happen that are against that, They are confused. How can something bad happen to us when this world was created and fine-tuned for us, they say? How could God let all these horrible things happen, let us experience these things and die and do all these other things when he created the world for us? See, that doesn't make sense. Why would God give us such a niche in this world and such a role in this world if the world is just going to naturally obliterate us anyway? This notion says that the world wasn't fine-tuned for us, but rather that we evolved to the world around us and molded to the environment just like the puddle and the hole. You see, if we simply evolved from lesser beings into what we know as homo sapien humans, then we are just adapting to our environment and we are nothing more than animals. And when bad things happen, that is just what is commonly used as the circle of life. See, this doesn't really... Uh, this, this doesn't really support um, theistic humans, because if we're all just animals, then theism, then God, then the Bible, and the Quran, and the Torah, they don't mean a thing. If the supernatural can occur, if the supernatural is fake, then we are nothing more than mere animals. To say that humans have evolved to the areas and circumstances around us is false due to the oddly specific parameters of our world that support life. I do believe that the humans have adapted to their environments. You know, in, in circumstances such as hot and cold temperatures, with various clothing and various housing, and various uh, rainy, rainy and dry seasons. In a lot of Latin America and South America, where they have to rotate their crops accordingly, uh, with agricultural and urban societies. Some some societies, especially back in the late 1800s, building more agricultural um, agricultural fields or urban fields with factories and everything like that. I do believe we have evolved in that sense. But not in the macro evolution that atheists believe in, that we all you know, came from monkeys, that we all came from a common ancestor, that we are all just evolved beings, evolved animals, essentially. But to say we evolved into what we are and the world we live in, we evolved into the world is far, far incorrect. The world was created to support life. And to have life, not just human life. You see, as Christians, we know this world isn't going to thrive forever. And I know this because we can all read about it in the book of Revelations, which is accessible through literally any means, through your phone, through your computer. But if we are all through theism and realize this, then when the world starts to end or the world starts progressing to this ending point, we are seeing The fulfillment of the book of Revelation, because in the book of Revelation, it talks a lot about there being rumors of wars and wars that Israel um, being being established as a state, which did happen back in the 40s. but we are seeing these things and we are not caught caught by surprise by them but rather expectant of them that when the world starts to end and when we die or when we pass away we are not confused on why this happens like the puddle we see that the world was created for us and that God had a was very intentional in what he did was very intentional in his creation but he also realized that in order to properly make this world he made it perfect and he gave us free will at the very beginning in genesis 1 1 when god created the heavens and the earth and created everything else but when adam and eve sinned when adam and eve messed it up for the rest of us essentially they brought in this fallen nature this fallen sinful nature into this world and that is why we are feeling this way and why we die and why we experience pains during birth and why we go through all these horrible things, it's because of essentially Adam and Eve. We are not caught off caught by surprise on all of this. Atheists, however, cannot really prove this except by the fact that, oh, yes, we are just evolved animals. But when we see the world is collapsing and the world is ending, we know why. God made everything in the universe, and the, he made it to the way it needs to be. The complexity of DNA occurring from random chance over millions of years requires more faith than creationism. To think that the, the, the information in one cell of DNA, which, by the way, if you didn't know, is over 1,000 encyclopedias long, Do you think all of that just occurred from random chance is like saying, oh, yeah, if we just got in a plane and dropped three boxes, one red, one white uh, – three boxes of confetti, one red confetti, one white confetti, and one blue confetti. If we dropped them all out of a plane at 1,000 feet, that they would have arranged into the American flag. That is essentially what that is – Implying that random chance created the complexity that we call life created when to, in what's in every literally every living thing from trees from 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 uh, fruits and vegetables to sea animals to to land animals to to animals that fly to even us we all have this dna in us and scientists have yet been able to create life from lifeless chemicals as atheists say it comes from because you know the atheist argument for the creation of life is that at the bottom of the ocean millions of years ago that these mindless chemicals these non-intellectual chemicals just randomly formed together and created cells and created things that are essentially the building blocks of life. They created proteins, they created DNA, they they, they created bacteria, they created all these different things that are life. But scientists have yet been able to do that. Brilliant scientists who have knowledge of everything in the world have been unable to explain and prove how life actually began on Earth. And even if life is created in one of these laboratories using these mindless chemicals by random chance, it would still prove creationism and like why 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 would it still prove creationism if they would just had it by random chance and The the reason it proves creationism is because it would show that life wasn't created through random chance just by chemicals bouncing off each other, but through an intelligent designer, through an intelligent creator who knew what you had to do in order to create life. And these scientists, with their tests and with their everything like that, are going to prove that the world was created and designed by doing these very experiments, To sum a lot of this argument up, in order for the puddle mentioned earlier to even be sentient and think that the world was made solely for it, the world had to have been designed and created so specifically that it allows for all those things to occur rather than them just occurring coincidentally. Granted, no analogy is perfect and is able to account for everything, but this one seems to mislead on the entire premise of the teleological argument. It seems to just try and debunk something in the theological argument that we are designed, that we are doing everything like that, but doesn't even prove it in the first place, doesn't prove that it is a atheistic worldview either. I, I, I mentioned earlier how I was very excited to do this script and I was very excited to do a lot of this because I do love thinking about this. I do love thinking about well, the, the creation of the world and why we live and why we have life and everything like that. So I was super excited to do this. And who knows? I may be wrong. I, the, the world may have been evolved, but if we, do, if we have evolved from lifeless, lifeless chemicals, what's to say that God didn't want us to do that way, that God didn't set those processes in motion, didn't create those chemicals, didn't create everything like that in order for the world to be designed the way it is? I hope all of you have enjoyed today's episode and have learned a little something about uh, different arguments supporting atheism, different arguments supporting Christianity. Granted, learning more about the Christian side because this is a Christian podcast. If you ever want to reach out to me, my Instagram link is in the description, and I'm always willing to take feedback and hear from you guys and hear what you all have to say. And as always, I'm Blake Hawkins, and that was the Brain Jar Podcast.